The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. everybody welcome to another episode here at the kick pod podcast uh, i am your host tj williams fourth degree black belt in the chuck norris system instructor and practitioner and i'll be talking about the um, or should say i'll be here i'm here to discuss my martial arts experience uh discussing and analyzing martial arts based subjects and highlighting martial artists from past present and future and all styles Okay, so I wonder how everybody's uh, first day, first week of school has been. Uh, of course, uh, I know um, school started last week, and I know people like um, different grade groups got um, in school like different days. I know mostly ninth graders like the first um, people to go in, but I know the other um, schools like um, elementary and middle or preparatory school got in like um, I think either either Tuesday or Wednesday. But nevertheless, um, yeah, this is probably. I don't know how many of you have survived your first week of school, but uh, I hope it was exciting. I mean, you got to know your teachers, know your assignments, uh, know what you have to do. So you're prepared for the whole school year. And definitely it's probably going to be the best for people that are seniors or and mostly people who are in the college are in their last year. Definitely they're looking forward to getting their last year done and graduate with a cap and gown. So mostly people that are seniors in high school and um and for seniors in high college, um, they're looking forward to their new life. All right, so just a little update of me. Um, I know I mentioned that I got injured in a sporting event, mostly pro wrestling. Um, of course, uh, I had got my surgery done last Friday, a successful surgery. You know, I was in there extremely nervous. I mean, I know my blood pressure was going skyrocket. I mean, mostly because I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect for the surgery, but um, I pretty much got through it right well and um of course i was real groggy when i woke up in the recovery room and and i guess um right now i'm just home recovering you know the first um probably the first three days was like difficult you know i didn't have trouble sleeping because most of the pain in my leg you know definitely icing it taking um some pain medication and, you know right now it's like um i'm kind of getting used to it but you know i'm kind of keeping iced up and um of course uh i got my follow-up appointment in the um uh, a couple weeks and um, see where I can go from there. Hopefully from when I get my follow-up appointment, I am um, going straight to physical therapy. All right. So but for those two, just a little advice for those who are going into pro wrestling, um, just to give you a heads up, you know, don't joke around about how you're not going to get injured. You know, this is a serious business. And, you know, luckily a man like me was very prepared for it because I know the risk. You know, you have to really know the risk when you're doing competitive sports. You know, you're going to get injured. You're going to have to go to the hospital. You're going to have to get surgery. You're going to have to pay for your uh, medical bills. So take those seriously if you're going into any um, physical sports. So really, but one thing you want to do is train, like really train, not to get better, but to be prepared for anything that comes your way. I mean, you want to make sure your body's in great condition. Uh, all right, so 
for this week's episode or this week's topic, you know, I'm uh, going into develop, developmental stages um, from youth to teens in uh, martial arts classes. All right. So I just uh, just a heads up, you know, when you think about um, different age groups, you know, it's not wise to actually put all the age groups in one class. You know, I went to um, watch my niece who was um, doing karate about five years ago. I mean, she was 10 years old and she was um, doing um, um, Japanese Kempo, I, I believe, because, you know, it was like in a Japanese cultural center. You know, they had Kempo, uh, Kido and other type of styles. You know, I stood there and watched and, you know, I didn't say a word. I mean, I simply just watched and observed the whole class. It wasn't just my niece. It was everything that was happening in the class. You know, the class was full of different age groups and, of course, for the instructors and, you know, definitely... You know, definitely the kids that are like the little kids are just like going to be the ones that are not going to be focused and, you know, it's going to take up um, time and um, for the um, people, the older kids, like mostly the um, people that are 10 years, 10 years old to 12. So, I mean, I feel like um, that class should have been split up into different age groups. But, you know, and the, the fact that the class was an hour and a half, I mean, that, I think that's a little too long for kids. I mean, roughly when you have kids who are going from four to five years old, they should have at least a 30 minute class. And but like for other kids, you know, simply an hour is good enough as long as you get everything in. All right. So it's kind of going down with this topic. You know, you got like five age groups. You got four to five year olds, mostly the school I train with. We call those pandas. And yeah, that's like a 30 minute class. And you got, you got six to eight year olds. You got nine to well, nine to 11 year olds. Uh, 12 to 14 and then lastly 15 to 19 or adult so yeah we have those um, different type of classes for uh for um, these um different type of classes in martial arts all right so definitely mostly throughout this whole um those these four age groups you know there's four categories that show growth development you know physical physical intellectual uh emotional and social so I'm gonna kind of go down to the different age list, the age groups, and um, kind of discuss like those those four categories. All right, so I'm gonna start with the four and five year olds. I mean, like I said, you know, for four and five year olds, you don't want them in there like more than an hour. I mean, mostly thirty minutes is good for them because um, you don't want to scratch this, um, scratch their brain, or uh, definitely um, not get them their brains all messed up. You know, they they just only can pack a little information at a time. You know, really just think about the basic um, phys physical um, physical development with um, four to five year olds is developing motor skills. I mean, you want them to build the muscle to move. I mean, main thing it's like you are just basically I'm um, telling them how to like basically tell them to kick, tell them to punch, like how how to crawl, basically things that you would um do with uh, a tiler a tiler would just um simply learn how to crawl learn how to stand learn how to walk and then learn how to talk and then from there learn how to like do how to write i mean how to read so it kind of it's like a developmental uh stage for for the five-year-olds so that's one thing that the physical thing has to happen like learn how to move and definitely intellectual you know you have to tell four or five-year-olds things more than once before they can truly understand. I mean, you're not going to tell, you know, five-year-old is going to be told things like not, not to do this, do tell no, like a ton of times before they actually understand why you're telling them no. 
And why are you telling them not to do it this way? Because, you know, you can't blame. Well, mostly things are going to be difficult if that child is diagnosed with um, uh, learning disabilities. Well, not learning disabilities, learning limitations. You know, I want, I want to try to not use that word disability. I want to use um, limitations. You know, you, you're still learning, but, you know, you have limitations of learning. So you're, you're not, you're able to learn. So disability means you're unable to learn. So I can't call it a learning disability. I can call it learning limitations. So that's how I put it. All right. So emotionally, you know, with four or five-year-olds, I mean, it gets easier for them to get scared, you know, when they're around other kids, you know, you know, you're, you're more used, they're more used to being around mother, the parents, the mother and father, and, you know, they're so scared to get on the mat. So really it's like, they're not used to letting their parents go before they actually go on to meet other kids. But, you know, that's, that's how it is with four or five-year-olds. You know, when I definitely train like that, that age group, you know, always got that one kid that starts crying and gets scared. But, you know, they kind of warm up to you and um, you're, you get them into the class. You know, that's what your job as an instructor do. You know, you don't just give up on a kid that's easily scared. You want to get them used to you and get used to the class. All right, so basically that's emotional and also lastly society or social. You know, that takes times too, you know, with emotional, you know, you're used to being around people. You're scared, but you know, it's a trust kind of thing. You know, you gotta take time to trust like them being around you. You know, if they see you more than once, like more times, then they'll know that they, they can trust you. So you have to really have like take time with um four or five year olds. All right, so moving on to six to eight-year-olds, you know, with physical ability, you know, that derives from the four or five-year-old um, developmental stage, you know, you to you develop the basic skills like, like focus, teamwork, control, memory, balance, discipline, fitness, and coordination. You know, this is like the things that you want to start developing in the kids, like once they learn how to move. You got to teach them how to like, like all these things, like how to focus on where they're moving, focus on their footwork, you know, teamwork, working together, you know, control, control your movement, like control everything you're doing, like main thing, your behavior, behavior is the big thing you want to control in your memory, make sure you're remembering everything, you know, the more you do things, the more you are able to do it on your own without thinking about it and balance and you know you want to make sure when you're doing your techniques you're not falling a lot so that's why we have basic stances we teach them how to make a basic stance so they're not falling and disciplines like how hard you want to train like you're here to train so you want to discipline yourself that you're training fitness like know how to know how to um do workouts like basically like do exercise correctly you know, you want to make sure you do the exercise correctly so you're not doing the wrong technique and you're not hurting yourself. And coordination. And you want to really coordinate like half a plan of uh, what you want to do. So that's like the physical part of it. And now going into intellectual, like having some difficulty understanding, but gets well, giving it by giving it effort. I mean, you understand, you somewhat understand it, but you know, you need more information to actually say, I got it. Like the light bulb comes on your head. It's like, you have to have like 
some type of idea of what is saying. So as an instructor, you know, if I'm explaining a technique, you know, I'd use all like all these terms that would help um, them understand the technique. Like for instance, a thrusting front kick, you know, I tell them your knee has to be close to your chest and you're kicking with the ball on the foot and like to make it easier for them. No, I tell them you're like kicking a door open. That's how you do the kick. So you're pushing. So there's two different kicks that you have to do. You know, there's snapping and there's thrusting. Snapping is like you're basically kicking a ball or you're kicking ball in the air or you're sweeping the floor or for a thrusting kick, you're kicking a door open or you're pushing something. So that's pretty much a way to help develop their intellectual um, ability. Like give them something they understand, not give them something like a scientific term. Like they don't know much about like the muscles that you need, but they realize that if you are, if you see someone kicking the door down, they'll know, understand that's a thrusting front kick. All right, emotional, emotionally, I mean, less scared than a five or well, a four or five year old, but still kind of warming up. You know, you know, you always got that one kid that's like still scared, but still trying to warm up to everything and, you know, warm up to instructors, warm up to kids, and, you know, but, you know, it's like their parents are encouraging them that they need to get themselves out there and really um, get themselves moving. You know, that's how life is going to be. It's like they're going to be out on their own and they have they can't be relying on their parents to always back them up. So, you know, but parents. Not, I'm not saying parents shouldn't help, but you know, but parents are should like really learn how to let go, let their kids like make decisions. Well, not wise decisions to be saying. And you know, social. You no, know, how many kids do you you see like hang out in public? You know, you know, they become best friends. You know, once they warm up to each other, and this is the thing. You know, they, they most most places that you'll see the kids hang out is school so if you they see they if they know each other in class of course chances are they're gonna see themselves in, in the same school not in the same same it's not in the same classroom but maybe in the same school and they'll realize that yeah that's like that's the person in my class so i can really look after them so that's really that's what society for um six to eight year olds are all right moving down to 9-11 year olds. So this is pretty much pre-teen um, um, age. So the physical ability for nine to 11 year olds, you know, you got um, the muscle development, you know, muscles should be more developed um, to move with for powerful technique. You know, now the, like, the focus is core techniques or core skills, you know, mostly agility, technique, courage, intensity, well, intensity, flexibility, uh, perseverance, uh, speed, and concentration. You know, when you think of um, like you develop the muscle to um, the body muscle, the leg and upper body and lower body muscle to do the technique. So now you got to focus on controlling your your intensity. Like you're, you want to make sure you have good intensity of the right intensity when you're throwing your technique. You know, agility. It's like how fast your foot can move or how fast your body can move. I mean, and mostly technique 
is you want to make sure those techniques are correct. Like you want to do those techniques right. You want to feel that you're doing it right. And, you know, speed, like how fast you want to hit the target, how fast you want to get your foot up there and hit a target. So basically you want to beat the opponent before they beat you. So basically beat the opponent before they throw the technique and the concentration, like you want to make sure you're concentrating on what you're doing. You know, if your concentration is on something else other than what you're in your fight, then you're, you're more in trouble than any, anything else. All right, so now kind of going into intellectual, like critical thinking, like mostly self-defense. This is where we kind of get into self-defense. You know, you want to be thinking critically when you're doing self-defense because um, you want to know how to react when you're in a situation. So this is the one thing that I start teaching my students mainly, you know, that's the main purpose of martial arts is uh, self-defense. You know, you want to be well protected when you're in danger. You know, always tell them their goal when they get out of class or get out of school or anyplace else is to go home. And their mindset is not what they're going to do when they get home, but if I'm going to make it home. So your mindset, when you leave those certain places to go home, you want to think about like you want to make it home. So you want to make sure your focus is on what's going on around you as you make it to the car and as you're driving and as you get out of the car and make it to your door to get in the house. So that's the main thing of self-defense is that's your mindset. All right. So emotionally, you know, knowing how to be compassionate to, to others, you know, during training, you know, one thing I always tell these students, you know, you want to respect people's time and people's effort in class. You know, you don't want to be the person that's fooling around and have your own fun while that person next to you is trying to learn and you're distracting them. So it's always best to be compassionate. Know your compassion. Know, but let's just say, think before you um, go into class. Like leave all that fun stuff at the door before you step into class. No, it's class time. You're spending that half an hour, hour uh, training and you're getting better at your techniques. I mean, you want to be well developed in like your thinking and feeling to, to do damage, right? So emotionally, now socially, like learning more about trusting themselves as others. You know, you know I say before you trust others, you got to trust yourself to make the right decision. I mean, you know, if you're going to trust somebody to, like with your life, I mean, you got to make sure you can trust yourself to make sure you have um, your own type of backup. I mean, that's the one thing that's being social. You know, a lot of people are around here is not um, easy to trust, but, you know, you want to develop the trust. You want to make sure you trust yourself to make the right decision. You know, do something for that person as well as that person do something for you. It's like, you're helping that person train and, and yet you trust that person to help you train as well. I mean, you know, you're training through like one steps or self-defense, you know, you're, that person is trying to help you like perfect your techniques, but it's, it's hard to trust that person. If that person is being like rude and not paying attention, not being a good partner. So it's always best you like trust yourself first 
before you trust others. I mean, it's a loyalty thing as well. I mean, make sure you're loyal to yourself. I mean, it's kind of goes with self-leadership. All right, going into 12 to 14 year olds. I mean, here's the main school. This is more like the teenager um, stage, like you're like in the teens, either pre-teens and the teenager, you're pretty much pre-adult. All right, so physical um, ability and like extreme skills, you know, you got uh, uh, dexter dexterity, uh, dexterity, you know, performing task, uh, reaction, you know, versatility, learn how to adapt, uh, momentum, precision, or accuracy, instinct, strength, and vision. You know, with um, definitely um, dexterity, you know, you know, you're trying to really learn how to perform a task. You know, if, if an instructor tells you, like, you're doing this, you want to perform a kata, you want, you want to perform that, you want to be able to have the ability to perform that, you know, there's always a struggle with um, performing tasks because either you haven't trained or you're, you haven't, you haven't learned it yet. So, but really, that's always important to always train. You don't train to not only to get better, but you train to prepare. So you want to be prepared to perform tasks, you know, the dexterity of um, going to martial arts and then yet reaction, you know, how to react to, depending on your, um, like where your opponent is, like if you're the attacker or the aggressive person, your reaction, like how do you react? Do you act aggressively like they are or you're relaxed? I mean, you want to be relaxed when you're in a situ self-defense situation. I mean, versatility, learn how to adapt, adapt to your surroundings, adapt to everything else, like adapt to different uh, techniques, different skills. I mean, that's the thing about me. It's like um, I um, did a, I performed a, a, Jap a Shotokan Kata at um, the last tournament I went to um, the convention, MP. Uh, you know, that was a different Kata. So I had to adapt to Shotokan skills to be able to perform that Kata. And try to forget the skills that I learned from um, my style of the Chuck Norris system. So basically, the Chuck Norris system is um, takes you do different style from Shotokan. I mean, similar if you look at katas, but uh, different. Um, you guys, you got different stances, different technique, like different way how to kick. So that's, that's how to adapt. Adapt to different styles. No. <sighs> All right, so, so that's pretty much our, how our style is, the Chuck Norris system, like adapting to other styles. You know, you got, of course, different Japanese forms, uh, uh, Krav Maga, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like all these styles, how to adapt. All right, so yeah, and also momentum. Learn how to develop the momentum. You know, it's not just um, your arm strength, it's like using your whole body and know how to move fast enough so you develop power. And, you know, and precision or accuracy, aim before you fire. You want to make sure you hit the target precisely. So that's the thing about your strength and, you know, instinct. You know, you have to know your instinct. You know, you have no what's, you know, if you're, something's wrong. And strength, of course, you develop that from doing your exercises and doing your techniques many times. And, of course, your vision, visualizing yourself doing it. So that's basically your your physical um, ability at um, age 12 to 14. And now you got your intellectual, you know, being a teenager makes you a target for peer pressure, you know, knowing how to say no, 
know, that's the, this is pretty much one stage where, you know, people are like, uh, or teens are like um, pre-oppressed to do things they shouldn't be doing because mostly they want to be accepted. And, you know, I understand that you want to be accepted. You want to have friends, but you've got those friends that expect you to do things the wrong way and jeopardize your reputation then, you know, those are not your friends. You know, you got to know what your friends are. You got to know when to say no. If your friends don't respect, don't respect what you're going for, don't respect your goals, then, you know, they're not your friends. I mean, you should at least seek friends that respect your goals. I mean, if they, they should at least be behind you and, you know, they should respect your, your right to say no. And, you know, not because they don't think it's fun, but, you know, they want to be concentrated on other things. You know, being concentrated on other things other than concentrating on guilty pleasures. So that's one thing you want to think about. All right. So that's intellectual, not emotional. Showing the same thing, showing compassion, but also knowing when to unleash that lion. Yeah, so with self-defense, you know, I tell my students is, um, you know, you want to be, you want to be a compassionate like a lamb, but you want to unleash that lion when you're personal space is being invaded you know if somebody's approaching you and they're personal and you're approaching your personal space you gotta know when to be to, to roar so you know you gotta have your hands up in your roar and says you don't want to be a threat and you know when the, that person doesn't listen you know it should be like a three strike rule you know you should only tell them twice to back up but if that third time they don't listen to you you know you have to unleash that lion and give them a statement saying that i need you to stop evading my space my personal space all right i just say i don't want no trouble i don't want i'm not a threat just don't come near me all right so that's the emotional show the compassion but no one to unleash that lion and so society i'm gonna say other than developing a friendship you develop like a, a community a family community you know, like I said, I've been doing this for 25 years and, you know, I developed so much trust in my instructors and, you know, the students, you know, it's a family thing. You know, that's why I enjoy martial arts. You know, it's that trust, knowing that um, your family members have your back. And, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes, you know, when you have other things in your life, but, oh, but you got to find that time to always redeem yourself to make sure your family member is always taken care of. You know, always you know my karate father or my karate pops is always taking care of me. My master instructor, you know, right now I'm injured. You know, right now he's taking, he's um teaching my classes, and um, hopefully they're doing well. You know, I want to be back teaching, but you know I gotta make sure that this um, knee is repaired, well repaired, and so I can get it to bend. So hopefully, probably by Christmas I'll be back to see my students. So. It's going to be a tough, tough well, couple months. All right. All right. So that's just the family development. Now, lastly, going into um, the adulthood, the 15 to 19 year old, like the adulthood, you know, the physical ability, force, sharpness, endurance, quickness, um, creativity, you know, con con density, you know, repetition, you know, Sinking, well, like uh, sink, sink, or sinking, like sinking, yeah, the, or I don't know how to say the word, so in sync, pretty much, yeah. So, 
Yeah, that's what you want to do on uh, development. So with these um, categories and physical ability, force, like how much force you want to put in your technique, like you got to know like different um, footworks and steps. Sharpness, like you want to make sure your technique's real sharp, that it's effective. It, lo it looks and it feels effective. And um, endurance, you know, that's big. You know, I always tell these um, um, my students, like this is around the time where other than like you want to work on your um, endurance outside of class, like go out running, like go to the gym, run on the treadmill, do all these cardio machines, do something like cardio based workouts. You want to develop your cardio, your endurance for upcoming um, situations because you don't know how how long a situation like self-defense will um, will um, happen. You know, just like uh, my um, Ando, um, uh, what's his, what his name? Uh, I'm trying to think. Man, or Ando. Yeah, I call him Ando. I mean, he um, um, said something about self-defense. You know, you want to have that good guy dilemma. You know, if you do things too soon and um, too much, you know, you're definitely are the aggressor. You're the, almost the bad guy. But yet, if you do things too late and, you know, possibly you're going to get injured so definitely you don't want to do things too soon or too late you know you want to be in between you want to make sure you're doing enough that one you're getting away of the situation you're handling the situation and you're getting out of there so basically that's uh you don't want to waste your endurance when your goal is to go home so really i want to waste my time dealing with some aggressive person when i got things to do at home or when i gotta go home when i have a hard day so, and definitely, uh, you know, quickness, you know, how quick you react, you know, a punch is coming at you, you don't want to be slow about it. And creativity, you know, how to like create like different ways to develop uh, self-defense. Like uh, don't do the same thing over and over again. And, you know, repetition, you know, the more you do it, then the more you'll understand it. And uh, you got, of course, being in sync, you know, definitely, you know, in the, the synchron, synchrony or, or synchrony. Yeah, that's how to say it. Yeah. So that's, uh, and also development, like developing yourself as a individual, not only as a martial artist, as an individual, like how you walk out the studio or walk out of school, you're uh, one good person. All right. So that's definitely the physical part about it. And intellectual like knowing how to train and how to prepare for anything you know you have to make sure you're prepared for everything out there you know mostly martial arts is like the almost the prerequisite of like preparing yourself for situations out there like you know how to approach somebody when you're asking for a job you know how to approach somebody when you're asked for help you know know your approaches know how to speak properly you know, you don't always um, go in there streaking, speaking street language. You know, if you're doing that, if you're with your friends, you know, you could do that. But, you know, you want to be professional when you're going out for a job or going out, ask for somebody help. And, you know, you're in school, you want to speak professionally. So that's the intellectual of uh, martial arts and emotional. You know, you're still compassionate, you know, but, you know, you want to make sure you have that willing to help, you know, you shouldn't have to have, wait for somebody to ask for help or wait for somebody to say that you need help. You know, you got to know that you're, if you need help, you got to ask somebody, you got to be on top of it. And, you know, if you know if somebody needs help, you know, 
then you know you have to be that person compassionate enough to say yeah i don't know you look good but you know looks like you need a little help so you usually that's how i could say you know don't be that person that just wait for somebody to help somebody you know you got to be the person to help all right so and lastly society or social i mean knowing leadership i mean you got to have to develop that leadership in yourself before you lead an army so if you don't have that self-leadership i mean how are you going to lead somebody else in like victory you know you're you're always the person fighting when you're a leader you know you're not the person standing behind a rock that's not leadership that's tyranny you know you got to be willing to take hits as well as your army you know that's the worst thing about chess you know the pawns always go first but you know the leader should always go first you know that's what a king does a fighting king does go first it stands in front of their army as they're battling make sure they're doing things right make sure they're taken care of so socially, you want to make sure you're there's some type of leadership, and you you pretty much are sacrificing yourself for that person. All right, all right. So there's your five age groups and your four categories of um, the um, stage development. So I hope this um, episode helps a lot of you um, people that are getting ready to teach or are teaching now and try to figure out what to do with your classes and. Um, I hope things are going well for you in school, as well as martial arts, as well as the world. And yet, I'll keep you updated on my um, my um, my search. Well, actually, my um, recovery. And um, as I am trying to get my knee to get from zero to 90, 90 degrees, so it's going to be a, a pretty much two month, two two and a half month um, journey. So, luckily, I'll probably be back teaching probably before like before Christmas. So that's my luck. Even before Thanksgiving, before Christmas, you know, I want to be back to work. All right. Okay. So for those who are just um, tuning into this podcast, uh, uh, make sure you tune into my previous episodes on the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for the episode here at the KickPod. This is your instructor, TJ Williams, bowing you out.